0: This is the Homebrew Game Club, a podcast about modern, brand new, aftermarket video games for retro consoles. Today, we are talking about, this is one of our extra episodes, we are talking about a game for the Game Boy Color called Ruby and Rusty Save the Crows. Who is here today to talk about saving the crows with me?
1: Connor Nash is here to save as many crows as possible.
0: That's right. Bart is not here today. Bart is uh, working. Something he has obligations, uh, has to feed his family and things like that, and uh, <sighs> what a death. what he needs to come play video games like a grown ass man. All right,
1: absolutely, get it
0: together, Bart. Get it together, Bart.
1: All right, okay. So this is
0: we received a copy of this game, a digital review copy of this game, a few weeks ago from Max Oakland, who is the developer. He is on Twitter at Wink Winkerson. Uh, He is an American developer. He has quite a few games and demos available on itch.io. You can find that. uh, His Twitter has a link to his, uh, he's got like a link tree. So this game is uh, published by Bitmap Soft. You can get a complete in-box copy of this game at bitmapsoft.co.uk. There is a demo available at itch.io. And while as of this recording, the the complete in-box copy is available for pre-order, on that bitmaps, bit. Take your time. Bitmaps. So, bit, God damn it. Yeah, that website. You can, the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said once the pre orders are up, you can buy this game. You can get a digital copy of this game. So that's, that's not available yet, but it will be soon. So nice. Yeah. All right. So, Connor, what the hell kind of game is this?
1: What kind of game is this? This is, I would say it's kind of a more regular platform puzzle kind of game. Imagine two apples came to life, and during the course of the game, you get to pick one of those apples that is now anthropomorphized into, effectively, some kind of person that you could move around and jump in the screen. And they have to collect a whole bunch of flowers in order to save a bunch of crows. And I think that's the most wholesome idea that I've heard in a video game for a long time. And I like it a lot. (laughs) Well, now let's, let's
0: clarify here. Okay. First of all, these, these apples are, these are like third generation anthropomorphic apples. (laughs) You're getting into the lore here. (laughs) I actually love the story of this game. I do want to talk about that. So it is the, uh, they're, they're like the the grandma and grandpa, like run the farm. Right. And that's, so these are, I guess the grandkids. Yeah. So you're playing the, the, the cute little grandkids and, and, um, No, but the story here is everybody lives on this farm, and there's a a scarecrow, right? And so for Halloween, I guess everybody's having... They're just partying way too hard, and they're like, let's dress up this (laughs)
1: scarecrow. (laughs) These apples are going wild.
0: (laughs) Let's dress up this scarecrow in a uh, this scary Halloween costume. And what happens here is, as I understand it, the scarecrow becomes far too effective at its job. And it scares... (laughs) the crows so badly that they disperse and it is... The the children take it upon them to themselves to to go save the crows. I don't know what you're saying. I guess you're saving them from their own, like, anxiety? Is that what is it? Effective.
1: I love that.
0: What? Well, I mean, I isn't think... that... It's a scarecrow. It's supposed to scare the crows. It, it, they, and they...
1: Provided with the context from the story, I think it was implied that, like... The scarecrow and the apple kids and the crows all have a very symbiotic relationship, and they're all very happy and, oh, with each and other. And this has
0: thrown it out of balance.
1: It's thrown it out of whack. And talking. my interpretation was more that, like, this scarecrow, upon receiving some fancy clothes, now has notions about like what it can do, and starts acting very differently, and is no longer welcome in certain social circles or something. I think you can look into the lower lot. I think it's actually a great story. I agree with you but it's more no no, like... no. i
0: i'm telling you, i think i think what is happening here
1: the uh the scarecrow
0: gets too effective at its job yeah and that is part that is absolutely is some, part of the job yes yeah yeah i think this is this is story about workplace discrimination It's what's going on here <laughs> all right i think it's <laughs> They're looking at this scarecrow who just suddenly becomes hyper effective and, you know, extremely, extremely productive. All right. The crows shit themselves. That's what happens. (laughs) Shit themselves. (laughs) It's like, what? I think it's like, yeah, it's like that. uh, What do you call it? Tall poppy syndrome. Everybody's like, that's exactly it. I completely agree. Oh, look at this fucking show off. Fucking show off. We got to take this fucker down a peg. That's what this game is about.
1: (laughs) This game should be called tall poppy. (laughs) The, the tall, poppy scarecrow gets
0: knocked down. But it is. What are you saving the crows from? I are you say you're saving them from their own crippling anxiety? They're just
1: spooked, dude. They just they just need a little bit of hugging, a kiss, and a a flower or two. That's all it is. They just want some some loving.
0: Well, okay. So the name of this game is Ruby, <laughs> Ruby and Rusty save the crows. the The actual proper name of this game is Ruby and Rusty save the crows from post traumatic stress disorder. That is the full name of the game. But it's too long to fit on a Game Boy cartridge label. It is. It you know is. what I
1: mean? I, I, I like it though. I mean, I think that's really what it should be called.
0: Yeah, the box art is just it. The box art is just a picture of this crow doing a thousand yard stare. <laughs> 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 what is this? this crow has seen some
1: shit. Oh my god! Because the crows, you got to imagine, guys. This is a game by call our game. You're not going to get like super high res <laughs> picture stuff. The crows, so it's very strongly implied that the crows have PTSD. <laughs> it's implied there's there's this existential dread. <laughs> yes, you can sense it. You could. I'll come back to that. You can sense that in certain areas. I'll come back to that point. Oh. oh my god. Okay. <clears throat> wow, that was a tangent. What? A- <laughs> That was the best tangent ever. Because you're absolutely right. 100 agree with that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> action platformer.
0: I think it has light puzzle elements. Uh, I think that's fair. Puzzle. I think uh, I yeah.
1: I just love to see puzzle elements and things. So I call it a puzzle platformer. But it is an action platformer. You're right.
0: Yeah, I would say it has a little bit of a feel like a um, like a Mario game almost. You
1: know. In fact, yes. it's got your favorite mechanic of, of pulling vegetables out of the ground. And it. I was going to say this is for a start. It does a turn of mechanic better than any other game i've ever seen <laughs> that's a joke uh for folks who haven't heard uh, connor rant
0: about super mario brothers 2 on this episode uh, or on this dokey, podcast, dokey. He, <clears throat> he, oh you're right 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 yeah uh, previously described as a completely stupid mechanic i think is what you called it
1: <laughs> oh well they i will say they have redeemed the me- mechanic
0: uh, yeah, yeah i think it works i think it works very well and i mean it it, yeah. it makes what do you call it diegetic sense like it it is uh, yes. because there's vegetables in the ground right it makes sense yeah 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 the graphics are very cartoony very mm-hmm. very it's a cute game it's a friendly kind of game so as you said the goal in every level is to is to save the crows you you jump through the platforming you know you get to the end of the level and you you meet up with the crow and 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 save them um I guess you give them their anxiety medication or whatever it is, uh, and we're <laughs> gonna stop
1: doing that. Um, no, right, keep so it you, going. You... Honestly, that's exactly it. They, they, you 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 know, uh, give them some therapy, maybe off screen. There are some drugs administered. Get them an
0: appointment with their therapist. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, and then the, there is a bonus goal. You can you can perfect. You can do a perfect run of every level if you collect every optional flower trinket you get all the flowers and they are they are scattered around the the level in different challenging places to get to and if you finish the level with full health so you have you have two hits you can take two hits before you die and get knocked out to the map the world map again so uh yeah you have to finish the level with all the flowers and full health and then you you get a perfect and you get a little symbol on the map that that indicates that you did a perfect run of that level and I, I like that. I think it adds a lot. I think it's a good little extra challenge, stretch challenge for every level. Yeah. And then I, I, the whole game is it's, uh, what, the length is it's a little bit, um, I think it's kind of, a, kind of a short game. It's a short game.
1: I'm going to just like jump right in. It's a short game. I, and this is, I, I did not 100% finish the game because what I did was I got a perfect with every, every level as you just described, getting all of the um, flowers and finishing with perfect health. But then I didn't finish the the final, the boss, the final boss level.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. I just
1: ran out of time before this podcast. But the reason I I really made an effort to get the perfect on every single level, because I wanted to get that um, reward, which was effectively the music box. You get to like do the song list. Oh, that's the reward. Okay. That's the reward. Right. I get it. And so that I, I, this is like part of it for me. Like I, 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 I'll get into like more of what I like, but. Th- that reward was quite motivating for me because I did want to hear all the songs. I wanted to compare them. And there is actually a mystery song in there too. Oh, really? Which I think is nice. I think there's... Well, anyway, yeah.
0: So how do we play this game? I, I played it on a Game Boy Color with a flash card, uh, an EverDrive. I have a modded IPS backlit screen, so it it is it is a light-up screen on a Game Boy Color. And then you played it with, through an emulator, correct?
1: I played it through an emulator and um, standard kind of like Bluetooth controller um just on my computer okay
0: what got me about playing this on a game boy color like i forget how small the game boy color is yeah like the screen on it is tiny like i can take my two thumbs and put them together and completely cover up the screen yeah it's like two postage stamps put together it's it's nuts so like i don't i don't think that console is great for platforming games but you know, they can be done really well. And I think this game mm. does it well because it has these big, colorful, inviting kind of sprites. Yes. You know, and I think it, it handles that challenge well. So I never had a problem with playing it on, even on that tiny console screen. You know, I didn't have an issue with it. I, thought it. I thought the platforming was was pretty good. My impression is, it's stuff that works about the game. I thought the platforming was good. I thought the levels were pretty well designed. Yes. And one thing I really liked, it was the jo- overall aesthetic of the game. You're going around the map and wherever you go, even though it's kind of got limited assets that, that the game has to work with, it does give you a different feel for every part of the map that you're in. It does feel like a distinct area. There's a level where you're in a barn and you have these kind of light streak, you know, coming down from like, you know, you would see like cracks in between the boards. You know, you get that impression in the background or mm. there's an area where you, you go down a well and it really does feel like you're falling down a well things like that, I, I, I thought it did a good job of making me feel like I
1: really was in a different place. Yes. I 100% echo that. I think the sprites, in in particular, I think, well, there's to be a lot of things that I actually will say I really like about this game, because it just ticks a lot of boxes for me that are kind of, like, really nice to have for me in a game. I don't know, like, this guy, let me see what is Wink Winkerson, he got inside my head and he just found all these little things that I really like. So, straight away, the main character sprites are just adorable. I just think they're really cute. They're really engaging to look at. Right. They just It's fun. to like when, when your attention has to be focused on a platform or 100% of the time on this thing that's bouncing around the screen, you want it to be an attractive, engaging, fun-looking, distinctive sprite that is going like, to make you like happy to play with it. That's absolutely the case. Both of the characters have clear, visible smiles. You're clearly having a good time while you're playing with them. Really, really love that. The enemies have character too. Like they're all very distinctive sprites. They're all very unique, but they keep that kind of cartoonish style. The turnip thing of like pulling the turnip out, there's just this nice little kind of like animation and like you feel like you're really tugging to pull it out. Little things like that just kind of like add to the feel of it where you're like just, you know, lots of really enjoyable little uh, animations or a little care taken with the little finer points of the game that I just think really adds to the overall feel of it. In terms of the difficulty, I, I would say the difficulty is pretty much like I, I like that a lot. It's it's not a game that's gonna be hard. Like you're definitely not gonna consider this a hard game, at least the parts that I played so far. I know there is a challenge mode that I don't think I got to. Right. It's still enjoyable to play. I don't think a game needs to be really rough, hard to get enjoyment out of it. And I think Rusty and Ruby does it really, really well where you just kind of like enjoy the journey, of these Apples are going on to relieve the PTSD of these crows. Um, (laughs) But there's like, there's just little things like that. Like, for example, there's little Easter eggs. I just love when a game has Easter eggs and they're not like impossible to get. They're just like little slightly hidden things. Like there's a, spoiler alert, hidden menu item. Right. And so if you find the hidden menu item, there's this little like one-eyed character that says, you found me. And I'm just like, that fits with the game so well. It just fits with the aesthetic. It fits with the kind of thing. I just really love that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: It has a, a whimsy to it. Uh and it's it doesn't it feels genuine.
1: It feels really genuine, yeah.
0: Uh you said the game is, is pretty easy and you know we talked about how it's kind of short. It 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 is actually once you beat the game, it unlocks hard mode. Right. So you can go back through the entire game and it's a it's a more difficult it, it becomes more difficult. And I, I did not get to play too much of that myself. I, I got a few levels in, but I will say it. there is an increase in difficulty. Right. I did think it got it got a little tough, you know, even the first time around. There's a few stages where to get that perfect, it is going to push you a little bit. And then the second time around with that challenge mode, I, I mean, it's, I can see it getting pretty difficult. Yeah. I think there's a decent amount of gameplay
1: here, you know, and it's got that, I think it's got some replay value. Oh, sure. But I, I, will, be, I will be completely honest. I'll, I will never play the challenge mode. I'm just like, I think this is something I've got to make clear to developers, for for people like myself. Well, like, it's
0: not your style, though.
1: It's not my style. Right. I just, I get it. Like, there are people who love the challenge, and there are people who really are into it. I'm just not one of those people. The game, on the easiest, on the, you know, introductory, whatever you want to call it, like, difficulty, that's good enough for me. I will get perfect value. I will I will evaluate and say this is a really good game based on that, because if you are saving the, like, quote-unquote real game until after you've already finished it once, and there's no, like, the, the first part is just kind of like a, you know, just going through the motions, that's not what I'm here for. Like, I, wanna, I want the first part of the game, the introductory part, I want that to be just as engaging as the challenging part, if that's what you're trying to give as an experience. And so I'm saying that I'm evaluating this game, in, you know, without really having played the challenging part, but I still think it's a really great game based on that right well
0: i think i think designing your game this way kind of opens it up to more people you know it makes it more accessible and if you're the kind of person who likes really challenging platformers i mean you're probably going to be playing the game a lot anyway yes fair to get good at a platformer, you just got to play it over and over again and and the type of person who would do that is can't mind having to unlock it i, I wouldn't think i mean you play the game for like two hours to unlock it hour and a half but yeah, I, th- I thought there was a decent amount of game here. I mean, for a little Game Boy platformer. I, mm-hmm. I was listening to our Diamond Thieves episode again, and I realized I beat that game in like two hours. And I, I honestly think I got two hours out of this game,
1: and, and I haven't even gotten into the hard mode yet. Right. No, there, there totally is. And there's just like, again, there's another small thing that I really like. After the first, I think it's the first two levels, maybe the first level, you have this kind of like map, and you can choose exactly where you want to go. So it's not like a linear progression where you have to beat one level perfect in order to get the next level. Right. Right. Which could be frustrating. The fact that you're given your own choice of like where you want to go. And like what I don't think we've mentioned yet is that the two characters, they have slightly different abilities. Oh, do they? I didn't like really Very, notice. very slightly. Yeah. The, the, the smaller apple can jump a little bit higher. He has a little bit of a float. Oh. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, this is actually, I would say, it's pretty influenced by Doki Doki, um, by Mario Brothers Two, just because that there's there's little elements of that that are kind of like just, just enough to make me think that they're thinking about that. Huh. But obviously, it's better than Doki Doki. But no, there the, there's a small difference. But I, I don't think it really matters. I think you pick a character you like. The only thing I'll say is I liked the smaller character because those floats allowed me to get to higher kind of like fl- flowers and things and jump a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that you can go around the map. I just love that you can go around the map. Because then, again, it just has that nice little cutie feel. So if you go to the level and you save the crow, a crow appears on that place on the map. But if you go to that level and you get the crow and you get perfect, then the crow is flapping his wings. And he is happy. That's right. It's a happy, happy birdie. I I mean, it's just so obvious. It's like you just want a screen full of happy, flapping crows. Like, that's just obvious. That's the goal. Yeah. I, I
0: folks, I just want to uh to uh, underscore there. Connor Nash. Ruby and Rusty save the crows, better than Super Mario Brothers 2. Oh yeah. You can you can put that on the box art. You can put that on my gravestone, dude. You can throw it wherever you want. <laughs> yeah, but I mean you think Super Mario Brothers 2 is trash, so that's a pretty low bar, right?
1: It it yeah. I mean I, I don't think we've reviewed a game yet that I think is less than Mario Brothers 2. Uh-huh. Well, so every game that we review, we we could
0: somebody could put that blurb on the box, your your <laughs> yeah. quote, better than Super Mario Brothers two, Connor Net Game Club, better
1: than Super Mario Brothers two, and a, and a big right. picture of me with a thumbs up, like
0: <laughs> just just put it on every game, right? Yeah, okay,
1: Nintendo, uh, call me. <laughs>
0: um, okay, uh, anything uh, anything that you weren't so hot on. You know there are
1: a couple of things that I'm not so hot on. I will say I felt the game was a little buggy, really. And this is me playing on emulation, and so like I'm I'm totally willing to just understand that like emulation comes with its own little challenges. Just little things like sprites being upside down every now and then, or like you know mysteriously taking damage when it doesn't look like you've touched something that should be causing damage, and it would never really repeat. There was very few bugs that I could. Identify that we're repeatable, okay. But and so again, I'm, I'm not really going to take it as a minor, as a major knock. But it, my experience with the game was a little buggy, and so I just feel I have to mention that just in case you know people are going to be you know playing an emulation or whatever that that might be part of your experience.
0: Okay. On my my flashcard, I I did not see any of that. I don't, I don't think I got a single
1: visual bug. But what about like you didn't like get like any hit uh, box kind of misalignment or anything? I don't think so. I don't think I had that issue. Cool.
0: Might have just been your emulator. I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, that's totally fair. I just felt like it was worth mentioning. And you know what? My experience might actually just be because of the emulator I used. So uh, I used Open in case anyone's curious. And then I think you could probably always with a Game Boy game or a Game Boy Color game, you could always have some kind of discussion about the palette. I think there's always a choice of like, maybe they could have done a different palette. It did have kind of a yellowish kind of look. Yeah, Yeah. Or like, you know, a little bit the muted tone. I think sometimes they maybe didn't have enough contrast on some of the kind of things, but, like, that's a very minor complaint. Again, the visual style is still very distinctive. I think no matter what palette you chose to use with it, so, like, I don't think it detracts too much. Yeah. It's just kind of, like, a more like a list of pet peeves, I think I have. But yeah, I don't think I have any real complaints. Obviously, there's a difficulty. If you're looking for a game that's, like, really long and really difficult, like, this isn't going to be the main game for you. Well, I mean, for a Game Boy platformer, I, th- I think, right. you know, you, I
0: don't want a really long and difficult Game Boy platformer. You know, I when i play this thing on my game boy color like i would literally just put the the thing in my pocket you know just like i used to do back in the day right and i walk around with it you know and if i had a free 10 minutes i'd pull it out of my pocket and play through a level or two right you know and try to get the perfect on it and then i would turn the console off and put it down right you know just like i used to do back in the day and i mean yeah, if you are get to play it like that i it's a perfect kind of game for that i i think that that is uh I don't want a really long and involved platformer where every, yeah. every level takes me 15 minutes to beat. You know, you that's
1: not... I don't think that's Game Boy style. You know? No, well, I will say the only thing I'll add to that is like there's maybe, I want to say like 15 to 20 levels in the game. And mm-hmm. a lot of other Game Boy platformers, people might expect to have like different worlds that they would go to. Like after you finish the one screen... You kind mm-hmm. of like get transported to another screen or something, but the the first screen, the first map you see is the whole map.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I will point out, like, Super Mario Land, you can beat in 12 minutes. <laughs> you know, so. Yes. I, I mean, I mean, there's. But that's with, like, warps, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. It's a really short game, though, even playing it straight. But I'm thinking, like, it's Mario Land 2,
1: the... where there's, like, a space zone okay. and there's a fucking robot yeah. zone and all that.
0: Right. For me, I a couple of the songs didn't quite work for me, and I don't know. I, I put on the notes, I thought they might have been glitched, but I don't know. Maybe they're actually like that, because it kept happening over and over on different levels. Like, there's one song that it's really, like, it starts off kind of discordant. It's, yeah. you know, and I it's trying to set some kind of a spooky mood, but then there's like, I if I'm remembering correctly, it's kind of like a static burst or something, and then the music changes to something happy, and I... I don't know. That didn't work for me. Every time that it happened, I, I, it pulled me out of the game. And I was like, what the hell is that? You know?
1: Like yeah. It... So I think that song is called Baby Jessica. I was playing okay. that in the sound check thing in the, the, the music box. All right. I, I agree with you. I think it's going for a certain effect. I think that could be a great effect, but it doesn't quite hit the mark for me. Right. It it, it sounds almost like too glitchy than than what it is. So, when you're you listening through the music box, I think there is a common theme through all of the songs. I, I, you know, there, a lot of the, the songs are kind of like just variations on a main, like core version. And I would say the core version is to my ear, the song Sun and Breeze. That's, you know, the kind of the main tune. And then there's like, rainy versions of it like scary versions of it and there's like sped up versions of it or like game over version of it yeah. and I like that again that's just another thing where like this is this is just another thing like ticking a box of like you've got a theme and you make variations on it and it kind of ties a lot of the environments together while still making them distinct like I can forgive one or two of those variations not being you know a, a great song because they still remind me of all the other good songs that are in the game and so I, I do still enjoy it And I say this like almost every fucking episode. This is probably like a trope at this point. The music doesn't get in your way. Like it doesn't ever sound too repetitive. It doesn't ever distract you. It's like it's still pretty good music to platform to. Yeah, I agree. Oh, the only thing I'll say is that the the mystery song, I will say that like in terms of the music, there's like the mystery song in the music box, that feels like the album length version of the song that you've heard on the radio. Oh, okay. So it's like if you like the music in, in like the most of the levels, get the music box unlock, go to the question mark, and that's like it's like a two-minute song. It's like a two or three-minute song. It's actually pretty really?
0: good. Oh, huh. okay, cool.
1: That's that. But that's pretty much it. Like I mean, there's there's other things we could talk about that are more like, you know, fine-tuned detail, like the scarecrow boss battles. Or I love them because they're pretty <laughs> straightforward and pretty easy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, I mean they're not bad. They're just they're you know they're a decent challenge,
1: just challenging yeah. enough. Sure, but I, I I enjoyed the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's a you know it's a straightforward, cute, simple kind of game. Um, decent challenge, but not not too bad. If you're if you're not up for that, uh, it's a good time. Yeah. So, like I said, you can get this for um, forty pounds. Uh, you can get that from BitmapSoft.co.uk. And as soon as they sell out of the uh, sell the pre orders, like I said, you can get a digital copy of this game. And I definitely think it's worth it. You want to try a decent Game Boy platformer? This is definitely uh, one you should check out. So thank you to Wink Winkerson, Max Oakland, for sending us a copy of this game. Uh, he did want to mention he's working on some other projects. Uh, one that he's working on is Wink and the Broken Robot for Game Boy Color which he described as a creative platformer and technical showcase that will show off the game boys graphical abilities. Ooh. Yeah. I am looking forward to that. So, all right. Our next game, our our full episode coming up next is Alfonso's Arctic adventure. As we announced on our last full episode, Xeno crisis, Uh, Alfonso's Arctic adventure for the NES. That is a puzzle platformer. You can get the ROM for $5 on itch.io. There's a free demo available also. You can get it on Switch, Xbox, and Steam for $5. And we will be playing this on NES and Switch. That is a sequel to a game called Eskimo Bob, which is even more puzzly of a platformer. And that is available on itch for $3. And I like both of those games, so you can check out both of them for a whopping eight bucks. not That is, that's a pretty good deal. Play along. Play along. Play along with us at the Homebrew Game Club. Yes. All right. This has been the Homebrew Game Club podcast. You can find links to our Discord, back episodes of the show, or other social media at homebrewgameclub.com. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HBGameClub. If you like the show, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell they call it, or Spotify, or by telling all of your retro gaming friends about our podcast. Or just shout it out in the middle of the street. Just just go out in the middle of the street and just, I fucking love this podcast. It's great. I just gotta get enough of these game homebrew games, homebrew games. <laughs> if you have comments or a suggestion for a game that you'd like to hear us talk about, scream it from the middle of the street or shoot <laughs> us a message on social media or email us. At homebrewgameclub.com. Actually, the best way to uh, to get us to play a game that you want us to play is to get on our Discord and yell at us there, where other people can chime in and yell at us as well about that game. Mm. So, Virtual yell. Our opening totally. music is group harassment of the hosts. Yeah, Our opening music is by Tui. You can find him on Twitter at Tui2A03, where you can also find a link to his SoundCloud. Our outro music is by Raftronaut. You can find him on Twitter at 0000Jordan. You can follow me, Nick, on Twitter, Instagram, or video game Sage at Dvertov. That's D-V-E-R-T-O-V. Bart, who is not here today, is on Instagram as clever username needed, no spaces. And Connor is on Twitter at C-O-N-O-R-N-A-S-H, also no spaces. Tune in next time to the Homebrew Game Club when we will be talking about Alfonso's Arctic Adventure. Thank you for listening.